0: Um, so those 200, $250 leads, usually we close about 10% of them. Uh, we're looking at a cost per acquisition of around 2,500 bucks to 3000 bucks.
1: listening to the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it.
2: All right, everybody, we are back this week with another episode of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we dive into what ads are working, what's not a really crappy ad, and some kind of more financial tips to, you know, make everything a little bit juicier. Well, this week, we have a very special guest, Nathan Notwell from Shopanova. He's been there for about a year, took over the CMO role this January. These guys are spending, shoot, $10 million, generated well over $50 million in revenue. We were actually chatting about a boutique client who's spending, shoot, about 75 a month and generating well over a million a month in ads or in revenue there, and I was just geeking out. So y'all give a nice warm welcome to Nathan. Nathan, thanks for jumping on, man.
0: Absolutely. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah.
2: Heck yeah. Well, sweet. So, I mean, give everybody a little background of kind of who you are and Shopanova so we have some context. I've seen a hundred of y'all's ads for years. I believe formerly it was StagVid Media. Um, We can kind of double check on that bad boy, but kind of give everybody a little background there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, So a little bit about me. I live in Bentonville, Arkansas, Uh, basically the most landlocked part of the United States there is. Um, But the thing is, it's also the headquarters for Walmart and Sam's Club. Uh, Sam Walton actually grew up here, lived here. grew his business all throughout Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, my great-grandfather was actually, this is a good story. Um, my <laughs> great-grandfather was actually offered to be one of the initial five investors of Walmart to get it, to get the first store opened. And he turned it down. So uh, yeah, Sam Walton was hitting up all the ranchers in the area at the time. It was just a bunch of ranchers, uh, my great-grandfather made a killing in cotton back then, and that was in Texas, comes up here, buys a just a ton of land, starts a cattle ranch, and Sam Walton's going around to all the cattle ranchers and saying, hey, you know, I've got this idea for this really cool store that's going to have everything, basically, it's a one-stop shop, and my great-grandfather was like, nah, pass, just kind of like, whatever. And uh, now and my my dad always tells a story like the the biggest failure in our family <laughs> happened at man. that time because we could be worth uh the original five or collectively worth like fifteen to twenty billion dollars or something like that. So we could be oh. billionaires. My family the, could, the one obviously
2: the one that got away, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: But yeah, so grew up in Northwest Arkansas, went to college at uh, Arkansas Tech University. I got two degrees in management marketing at that time. Uh, Came back home, started working for Walmart in the shopper marketing field, which is basically where uh, Walmart suppliers their brand teams. They don't really want to take their marketing strategies, their marketing mix out of the national scene and put it just for walmart so what we do what we did as an agency was we would take the brand team's overall national strategy and we would create a walmart shopper specific strategy to get walmart shoppers into a store get the product off the shelf into their cart get them to the checkout all that good stuff um it was a really good experience uh i got some great, great marketing mentorship and that Uh, dude hits me up in the area and says that he's into some really cool stuff in Facebook and Instagram paid traffic. And I was just, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it at the time, but whenever I was on the Walmart agency, we did a shopper social stuff, which was more like blogs and influencers and all that stuff, paying a ton of money for stuff um we're talking like targeted banner ads a campaign for a targeted banner ad at walmart is like 150 200 dollars for like 60 days stuff like that Damn. so um and it's all pieced out by the impression by the reach and all that you don't really get that performance standard like you don't get told like what type of roi or return on ad spend you're going to get you just have to create the strategy and they're going to tell you how many people they're going to send it to. And hopefully your strategy works. That's kind of the director's (laughs) job in that area. Um, They get, they used to get paid a lot of money for that too. Now there's been this huge shift with performance marketing, namely in the social media space. And whenever I got involved with it, the first thing that I saw when I got behind the Facebook and Instagram platform is that I could do exactly what I was doing with these digital banner vendors for a fraction of the cost that I was doing it for. So I was like, Oh man, I could do, I could basically create banner ads on Facebook and Instagram for like Unilever or Procter and Gamble and take their budget and get 10 times the amount of reach impressions And also see how much money I'm making off of it. Oh, yeah. And so whenever I started explaining this to people, they were just like, no way, no way, no way. But after three, four, five years, it's finally caught on. And people are figuring it out. And here we are today.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Talk about a life cycle and the home online marketing side of things. So with Shopanova, I mean, y'all have had quite a jump in the past year. I mean, going from x amount of clients i want to say to 2x and that can you kind of give some background on that just to kind of show how rapid the growth was for y'all as a whole there
0: yeah so they started out uh dan and robbie are in homer alaska which is obviously like pretty away from everything else um they started as commercial fishermen and they had some run-ins with a storm or whatever that basically capsized their boat And put them all in a really bad spot. They kind of picked themselves up by the bootstraps and started a uh, like a creative agency. They did videos, photography, stuff like that. Um, that was StackVid Media. And I think over the over about a year or two years, they transitioned from a creative agency to a media buying agency. That's kind of what sparked it about two years ago. I came on we had about 27, 30 clients every single month on the roster, Uh, relatively large budgets between $10,000 a month to $50,000 a month. Uh, Some of them were spending almost a hundred K a month. Lately in 2020, we went from having about 27 to 30 active clients every month to having about 80 to 90 active clients a month. And we've got, Five to 10 that are spending over $100,000 a month, every month. Um, Super fast growth. Like I told you, we can't hire people fast enough these days, uh, especially with, you know, the talent pool that's out there. And it's just one of those things where it's a great place to be in online e-commerce marketing right now.
2: Oh, yeah. I I mean, I believe it. Well, with that growth, you know comes some killer ads. So, I mean, let's go ahead and take this bad boy into the rich ad segment. I've been seeing these ads for weeks, months, years. It seems like, Um, kind of give everybody some background. You know, we have some short form, some long form, but it's very video oriented kind of ads here, and we'll have these in the kind of show notes for some context here, but. Go ahead and kind of dive into, you know, what made these ads rich, who they're hitting, you know, how they've been able to evolve over time, just kind of, you know, break it apart there.
0: With that one, what we're really trying to do is, uh, it's a retarget ad, it's a 10-day bucket ad. So basically anybody that takes any kind of action on our Top of Funnel uh, discovery ads are going to get dropped into this 10-day bucket for 10 days. And they're going to see this ad or variations of it for 10 days no frequency cap which we get a lot of comments that are like man I'm tired of this ad showing up but I don't care it works completely works um I'm I'm of the I'm of the thinking that the higher the frequency the more action takes place even though people might not like it so to speak it makes them take action like whenever I see an ad over and over and over again I start clicking on that thing just because it's like I got to see what this is about um, so I'm in that kind of train of thought that I really like high frequency in my retarget ads especially uh but this ad it's really more of a personal uh personal ad It's a selfie video uh it's it's Daniel, one of our founders, and he's basically explaining like our results for our clients right now, the current climate of the industry right now uh what we're seeing across the board. And it's more it's more or less like giving somebody a behind-the-scenes look of the type of, revo- of results that we're actually creating for our clients and not just, hey, we run ads for e-commerce brands. That's the discovery ad. This ad is more like getting back into the weeds. Uh, lately, we just did a variation of it that it, we're talking more about quarter four And, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up. Got to get ready. 2020 is going to be probably the biggest shopping event of the ever um, quarter four because everybody's online right now shopping. So obviously, Black Friday and Cyber Monday are going to be bigger than ever because nobody's going to try to get in a store with a mask on with 5,000 other people. You know what I mean? They're going to do all their shopping online this year. Uh, so we're really hitting people with that messaging. It's, it's very, very purposed, uh, to try to get that personal messaging out. That's one of the things with our retarget ads is in our discovery ads for that matter is that our messaging is very consistent at each level, uh, whether it's a discovery type of funnel ad, whether it's a 10 day retarget ad, a 30 day retarget ad or a long-term 180-day retarget ad. Our messaging stays consistent no matter what. We just change up the variation on creative pretty much. I mean,
2: and, and something cool I love about these two is uh, the comments, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's good engagement. But I love how y'all kind of reply to the comments in here, just straight serious, you know, realistic replies. They don't look at like canned responses. So, I mean, I think y'all's... Commentary and replies on this just help change the momentum of the ad as a whole. So, I mean, I think that's killer what y'all are doing.
0: Yeah, now- I'm responsible for all those comments. <laughs> um, it.
2: That sucks, man. I'll go ahead and say that.
0: <laughs> Dude, I so two times a day, first thing in the morning, and the last thing I do is go into our page and get all the comments from our Facebook ads and from our Instagram ads. And I try. This is one of the things that I've taken from one of the very few things that I've taken from Gary V is to create that engagement, create that conversation by trying to reply to everybody no matter what. Um the only thing that I will ever delete from a comment section is like a troll comment or a spam comment. Like if somebody's just calling us a bunch of you know expletives or if somebody comes in with a link or spam, but nothing else. I'll delete those. But for the most part, anybody that comes at me trying to like tell me how I should run this ad or tell me why this ad is bad or even if this ad is great, I reply to them and I try to spark dialogue as much as I can to create that engagement on those ads. Because, I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, people will literally stop what they're doing throughout their day just to tell somebody what they think they're doing wrong. And it's like, they have no idea how we're operating our company. They have no idea. Um, But I try to spark the dialogue for somebody else that's going to open that comment section and see it. And what I try to do is I really try to enforce our legitimacy and our knowledge in those comments and those replies try to let somebody know that reads through the comment section. Like these people know what they're talking about, that type of thing.
2: What kind of ROI do y'all see on this type of ad here? Um, Just based on, you know, percent to actually convert who it shows to. Yeah.
0: That one we're spending around 500 to 800 bucks a day on. Like I said, it's only a 10 day bucket. So the audience isn't huge. So we can't really spend like a grand on it a day or two grand on it a day. Like we do our discovery ads. Uh, But we're getting leads for about 200, 250 bucks a piece out of that ad. Um, A lead is a very, very qualified booked call that has come through an application process. It's been vetted with conditional logic to make sure that that client at least passes our baseline criteria to become a client. And then we actually have a two-call process to vet clients even further after they've qualified for a call um so those 200 250 leads usually we close about 10 percent of them uh we're looking at a cost per acquisition of around 2,500 bucks to 3,000 bucks and our lifetime value of a client because we're really good at what we do and we retain clients really well is around 55 60 grand Ooh,
2: bringing the heat out i freaking love that <laughs> Well, shoot, there y'all have it. That's, that's a rich hat if I've ever seen one, especially from an agency. So much appreciated for the goods, man. That was
1: good. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out Ad Card. See the typical agency model is this, you charge 10% of your spend, you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before AdCard, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend upfront, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different in streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record, and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at funneldash.com.
2: Well, let's go ahead and make this a little bit more rowdy and fun, and go ahead and check your email. I sent you over the poor ad for our poor ad segment. Now, I'm sure I'll get a ton of very bad dropshipper leads. So I thought it'd be fun to just show a very bad dropshipping ad. Now it's got to be a trash page, maybe a, a burn and churn account, but go ahead. Give me your first thoughts on that ad once you have a chance to kind of open it up.
0: <laughs> so the first thing that, the first absolute thing that I notice on this ad is The creative, the image on it, like, makes no freaking sense whatsoever when somebody first sees it. Like, I realize that this is, based on the copy, it's for lighting. It's for some type of LED lights or neon lights or whatever. But when you first see the image, like, it looks like a trap house. Exactly. And so it doesn't make a damn bit of sense when you first see it. Um, does that get somebody's attention? I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe the person that they're going after is a trap house. So (laughs) maybe that's exactly what they want. I have no idea. That's why I say like, I don't know how they operate their company. I don't know what their ideal customer is, but whenever I first see this ad, the first thing I see is that trap house living room that makes no freaking sense whatsoever to me.
2: And you got to uh, love the copy being the icing on the cake of how complex this sounds. It looks like to me, they copy and pasted something from Alibaba.
0: <laughs> well, with the copy, like, like I said, after you see the copy and you see the LED strip lights, it's like, okay, this kind of makes sense now, but then it goes into like, like just <laughs> crap, music sync, Bluetooth, Bluetooth control, adjustable brightness. Okay. Those are obviously features of these lights, but if it were me, I would be talking about like the music syncing thing in a specific like it's got its own paragraph. The Bluetooth control has its own paragraph. The adjustable brightness has its own paragraph. Like people that don't understand how those lights are operated, you know, you could really spin a good story, like, you know, adjustable brightness, for instance. If you've got a party going on and you want some different lighting, if you want some green, you want some pink, you want some purple, whatever, if you want to get somebody in the mood to dance, the adjustable brightness feature, yada, 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 right? Like just listing off these features and then talking about kitchen, TV, party with absolutely no context whatsoever. Again, it's almost like they're catering to somebody that already has neon lights in their house and wants more, or something like that. And this is you know, quantity: ten beta testers per day. I don't know <laughs> what the hell that means.
2: Oh, I love the requirements. You need to have an Amazon account. You have to have a PayPal, and do not show this deal in any Facebook group. Like, huh? This is sketchy. It's a
0: Facebook ad. It's a oh. Facebook ad. Yeah. How, are, how are you gonna tell people you can't show you can't share something on the platform that we're advertising on? Uh,
2: man, I don't know about you, but I'm 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 converting. I'm converting right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: yeah. they, so I can't really see the I I can't see any headline or, or call to action button. It says please message us if uh, you're yeah. interested. Is there at least a call to action button on there for
2: a mini you- chat?
0: dialogue
2: or something exactly yeah it was a send message headline um it went to many chat which linked to an amazon account which is a bit it seemed pretty scammy but yeah it's just this is definition of a really bad ad that somebody put money behind but what i love is hopefully they hear this because you gave some very good insights of how you can make this an actually good ad so we love that
0: (laughs) copying and pasting the item name Is stupid. I don't know why they did that. (laughs) They absolutely copy and pasted that from Amazon. 100% did. And like they, they killed every bit of potential this ad had by doing that. When you could form more of like a story around the LED lighting and how it can be used in a party, how it can sync up with your music and your Bluetooth control on your phone how you can create an ultimate vibe with the color scheme like they missed a huge opportunity by just copying and pasting shit
2: i think i would take this and just have the simple copy let's get lit you know absolutely (laughs) some some basic stuff well my gosh y'all that's a another terrible ad in our poor ad segment Mm -hmm. here so to add the icing on the cake let's go ahead and get some kind of financial tips, you know, take a page out of that rich dad, poor dad book. Um, I know y'all are doing a ton of scaling over there. So, I mean, what kind of financial tips would you have possibly scaling up, you know, coming up with a budget, what would you love to kind of, you know, dive into on the kind of financial tip side?
0: So first of all, the first thing that somebody has to do when they're, when they're looking at scaling is they have to know the numbers. They have to, they have to know what their margin is, They have to know what their average order value is. They have to know what our cost per acquisition is getting somebody to make a purchase. Because once you know those three things, then you can say exactly how much money you are making per order that is being generated. And once you understand those numbers, then it's a very, very easy decision to spend more money or to kill something Maybe re, maybe launch a new uh, item or a new collection, see what happens. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. Next steps are very easy once you know the numbers in your business. Uh, for instance, we tell somebody all the time, lifetime value is something that a lot of people don't know in their business. They don't know how much money somebody spends on average with their company, not the first time. They buy something, but over the lifetime of being a customer, and a really good example that I use for this is Walmart. With Walmart, we can spend as much money as we want to to get something into the cart and at a checkout aisle because the average shopper at Walmart will spend anywhere between $25,000 and $50,000 in their lifetime at Walmart. Think about that. If your person is spending $25,000 to $50,000 in their lifetime at your store, what are you worried about running $100 for ads for? You know uh, what I yeah. mean? Like, it doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever.
2: And are, are y'all always looking at LTV perspectives at Shopanova? Or is there, are there one-off scenarios? Is it mostly when you're kind of shaping out these estim- or predictions or, you know, projections? Or they are they pretty LTV related?
0: For us, like we really try to, we we try to consult on the backend. Um, like if it's, if it's a Shopify, if it's a WooCommerce, or if it's a comment sold, we try to get into their backend and kind of show them what these numbers look like as far as their store goes. Um, and then we show them what the Facebook numbers look like, because you can really see like lifetime value and average order value and all that good stuff on the store back end. But then you can see what the actual ads return on is inside of the Facebook platform or another tracking software that you're using. Um, But at the end of the day, we talk about like different levels of traffic. So you have top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of the funnel, so on and so forth. A lot of people get hung up in this mindset that they have to get like a 10x return on their ads right away. So like the top of funnel, if it's 2x, 3x, maybe even 4x, these people are saying, this isn't making me enough money because my margin is this, my cost is that, my labor over here is that, my overall overhead is this per item. I need to be making a 10x return on every single order that I get through Facebook for it to be profitable. That is false. 100% false because we are also marketing to these people that have bought for the first time they will get ads over and over and over again for new items over 30 days over 180 days six months we are looking for these people to come back and purchase things over and over and over again every other paycheck if possible um we're marketing to people that Went inside of the store, shopped around, and didn't buy a damn thing. And we are continuing to bring these people back to the store for, nut, for new items, for sale items, for promotional items, for cross-sells, for upsells, all that good stuff. What we are doing with this multi-level strategy is we are increasing the lifetime value of somebody that we are getting on Facebook and Instagram to buy from you over and over and over again. So when we when we show people like your overall return on ad spend is 7x because our bottom of funnel is a 12x return and our top of funnel is a 1 to 2x return that does not mean that we take money out of our top of funnel because we have to get people to the bottom of the funnel, right? Like it's it's about understanding the numbers, it's about understanding lifetime value, average order value and then throwing your overhead in there. If you don't know those numbers in your business, you will never be able to scale, ever.
2: And street fire there. Now, when it comes to how y'all are kind of scaling, you know, stuff that's already working for y'all's clients' accounts, are y'all coming up with new product lines, collections? Are you just doubling budgets? Are you creating new campaigns? I know there's there are probably three or four ways I scale, but... What are y'all seeing kind of work the best these days? Cause I mean, I, I love just doubling budgets to be honest. I mean, I- I'm more of a simplified campaign approach guy, dynamic creative. Our top of funnels very simplified, very structured, where the kind of retargeting is a lot more granular, kind of like you mentioned 10 day, 14 day, 30 day, where it's kind of more of a customer journey alone on the bottom of the funnel side. So I mean, when it comes to scaling up those colder audiences, what are y'all seeing kind of work the best for, you know, y'all these days?
0: So first of all testing, -testing, hyper-testing, especially like everybody hated the campaign budget optimization that Facebook came out with when it first came out, but it honestly helped things. And for the record, every single update that Facebook comes out with is usually beta tested and tested over and over again to make sure that it works and it actually makes the platform better. Campaign budget optimization makes testing so much easier than it used to. So much easier. Um, you can throw 10 audiences, 10 ad sets, and two to three pieces of creative per ad set, and Facebook will optimize it as best as possible. If I usually don't put any more than three ad sets in a campaign, and I don't put any more than three pieces of creative in each ad set. Now, that being said, when a client wants to, let's say, test... A new product or new collection that they're coming out with. There is a very qualitative way of doing it that that we have found is awesome, and it's really based on a decision. The decision is: is your type of funnel currently killing it, or is it like could be better? You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. That's the question. Could it be better, or is it just absolutely murdering it with a five to seven x return on ad spend? And you don't want to touch that thing because what's going to happen is as soon as you inject an ad set or an ad creative into another ad set inside of that campaign, it's going to start shifting the money around to test things out. It's going to throw off your optimization a little bit. It might reset you back a little bit. If you do not want to touch that thing at all, the best thing that I have found is to create an official AB test campaign that duplicates that campaign, duplicates the ad set. You can put your new piece of creative inside of the ad sets that that have been duplicated. And again, make sure it's an official A-B test. When when Facebook gives you that option, select it, hit that switch for an A-B test. Facebook will actually continue the optimization of the other ad that you don't want to touch, and it will start throwing some budget At testing that new stuff that you want to test. And that will officially give you a good side by side comparison. Now, Facebook's reporting of it is not that great, but if you're a good marketer, you should be able to look at that on a daily basis and compare and contrast. Now, the other side of things, if your ad could be better, like it's not just absolutely murdering it, then what I do is I like to inject the new test. I turn off the worst performing thing that's in the ad sets, the creative wise, the worst performer, turn it off and inject the new one in. And what Facebook will do is kind of allocate some budget to it. And it will kind of test it against the top performer. The only problem with this method is that Facebook will not give you the budget that you truly need to test. So if you truly need to test like budget and money against this ad, a-B testing is really the way to go, in my opinion.
2: Man, that's that's killer there. And that's a feature a lot of people use sometimes and don't use to where it's been around for so long. But the only issue I've ever had with it is I feel like the split test, you always have one that just kills it. And whenever you try and separate it into its own campaign, it, it never performs as well as it did in a split test. Sometimes, but it's just... It's hit or miss, but I mean, that's the, the key point of testing these days to where you really have to test to kind of gauge what works best for you. Because as I mentioned, there are like four to five ways I can scale to where it's never a one size fits all with these accounts these days.
0: Well, and I mean, the main thing is like if you can, even if your uh, macro results aren't what you want it to be, your return on ad spend, your CPA isn't what, it, what you want it to be on that split test. Look at the micro stuff. Look at the cost per click. Look at the CPM. Look at the uh, reach, like that kind of stuff. Because if you're getting a lot of like CPM is really low, which means you're getting a lot of impressions for your money, then it might be something that you test inside a completely different audience. Maybe you have your purchase lookalike going on. Okay, let's try to test it with your initiate checkout lookalike audience, or let's try to test it out with your uh, targeted you know, uh, what I call avatars audiences. These are where you're actually going for the interest targeting type of thing. Um, You know, if your micro statistics are looking really good, try to throw it into another audience that isn't competing with the split test. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, I mean, that goes to show, I mean, there are definitely some key takeaways people can kind of take and implement some ads without a doubt. But man, that it's was not really a one-size-fits-all
0: model. Is the What's thing? That? It's not. It's not a one-size-fits-all model. Nah. Is the thing. A lot of people will come up to us and, you know, they'll say, "Okay, like you guys know exactly what to do." And it's like, "Yeah, we know what to do based on experience, which means we have like five different options over here that we could do, and one's going to work. We just have to figure out which one it is." You know what I mean?
2: Oh yeah. A lot yeah, of people think mean-
0: there's this like there's like this secret methodology formula that somebody knows that like works every single time and that's not the case that's why you hire a really good media buyer
2: oh yeah i mean if i could replicate results one after another i'd be on a yacht over in bali right now or something but my gosh man this was jam-packed of value you know so how can people kind of get in touch with y'all website facebook what's the best way to kind of you know for people to get in touch with shopping over there
0: so best thing to do is to go to uh shopanova dash and dash me dot com. with dashes in there. Uh we have shopanova.com which is our hero website. Uh it's got more information about us. It's not very uh I would say salesy. Um so you can go in there as well, me Uh me.com is kind of our flagship funnel landing page. That's, it's a one-sheeter that gives you all of our information and case studies, that type of stuff. Um, so, just depends on what everybody wants to do. Uh, we On our website, we also have the Ecom Grow Show. If you want to tune into that, that's really a really good way to see what we're all about. Our YouTube channel, Shopping Nova, on YouTube. Check that out. We've got tons of case studies uh, and basically just shooting the shit on what we do so hell yeah
2: everybody guys gotta love that you know in this d2c world we all gotta stick together so i mean y'all check out them channels subscribe well sure, nathan man. that was an absolute blast man thanks for coming on
0: absolutely thank you guys for having me
1: y'all have a good one you too man So much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadpored.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show go ahead and leave a review and a comment share with a friend if you do take a copy screenshot of it email me zach at dash.com, show me you left a review and i'll give you a free copy of the rich ad poor ed book to learn more about the book go to richadpored.com to leave a review, go to richadpoored.com review. Thanks again.